Welcome to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Young Sirupje in 2005 in Portland, Oregon. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, and Classical Tibetan Language Studies year-round and through a summer intensive format. Founded upon three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic contemplative learning and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, our graduates are empowered with a sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West as scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators, and more. We invite you to join us to make your practice your life. In this week's episode from our Sunday Community Program, President Yangtze Rinpoche teaches about the nurturing effect of the lineage on our spiritual journey. Maybe it comes from Nalanda tradition from India and also in Tibet. Any kind of text, when you compose, uh, there's a several things uh, mandatory in kind of like a formality. And the first one is uh, something that you're kind of like a presenting the lineage where it's coming from. That is one of the formalities. So it is not just individuals' creativity. There is a lineage route back to Buddha Shakyamuni. So <clears throat> part of the composing any kind of text, there is a homage for the lineage kind of expressed it, which is a kind of like a, although it is expresses as a homage and prayer, but behind that it is just time to establishing the validity of the t uh, whatever subject that that author is trying to express. So Hamish becomes, uh, and, and also there is a sense of humility. You know, sometimes individual, once you gain lots of knowledge, once you have lots of kind of, uh, the expression doesn't become egotistical. So there's appreciation and respect is expressed towards the lineage. So homage is a, one of the standard formality, any kind of text you composed. And it's have a kind of um, that, that humility and uh, respect for the lineage, appreciation for the lineage becomes a foundation. Your individual's authors, almost like a merit budget the merit budget, the karmic budget to able to completing or ben becoming the whatever tax you compose becomes kind of like a very beneficial. It will become, how you say, karmic best-selling list. <laughs> 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 Not so, so anyway, uh, so karmically preparing that becomes kind of like a very uh, beneficial. <coughs> uh, so homage becomes very important. And at the same time, one another criteria is that there is a, it expresses part of the, that text, commitment. Yes, I, I'm composing this text. Commitment becomes one of the Sheva Tamjava, Chubar Juba, Sheva Tamjava, Sheva Tamjava. And then it becomes a very important to uh, making that Kind of that's the standards in you know you're making in composing text. There is a homage for the lineage, and there is a uh, commitment for composing this text is expressed. That commitment comes based on what kind of intention. The commitment is integrated with the intention. Why, you know, like <coughs> why you wants to compose uh, such a text. <coughs> uh, so these. Um, these two are one of the standard way of composing. And there's a, another layer as an overall text when you're composing, 
I think in maybe these traditions come from India and to Tibet, it require four criteria for the overall the whatever text you are composing. Okay. Uh, <coughs> Uh, four criteria. The first criteria is it established the subject very clearly. What kind of like uh, was um, I mean like uh, the essential subject? I don't see so much like a multi-subject. You know, like basically, of course, through the main subject you can elaborate. Different can happen, but there is overall what is the essential subject. So subject need to be very clearly expresses. Jucha, we call like a jucha, the subject. Then the goba, then also overall texts also need to be kind of expresses. What is the purpose? Uh, purpose need to be clearly stated. Okay, and then, then the th that's the goba. The second, the th the third is the ningu, we call that. But basically, it's is asking what is the ultimate purpose. You know, purpose have layers. You know, something served right now and something served for long term. So, what is the you know today's terminology? What is the short term goal and what is the long term goal? <laughs> so, here the immediate purpose. That's the second and the long term goal. You know, you need to kind of also need to express it. So that's the kind of the third and the fourth. It the text need to give also, you know. How this related, your subject is how it's related with the, your purpose. How your purpose is related with the long-term your goal. It has to have some kind of relevant cause and effect relation. If there is no cause and effect relation, you can, you, can make, you can make a big idea and then there's no causal and effect relation, then it doesn't make sense. So any kind of a text you compose, we call a goso chushi. It's a four key points need to be kind of cleared. So that makes, before you go detail into the what the subject is discussed into the text, these becomes the, the general over, overall, the subject, the purpose, the long-term purpose, the relation, the subject and the purpose and the long-term goal need to be clearly understood and expressed. It, okay. <coughs> so this is kind of like a traditional uh, kind of like a way, you know, kind of form, formality or structure. Okay, so <coughs> uh, so in over here in the Lamrim case, uh, uh, in, in in this case, <coughs> the first, you know, when you make a homage. Uh, the lineage went to Buddha Shakyamuni, and basically what Lama Tsongkhapa did is there's a two lineage, wisdom lineage and the method lineage. The wisdom lineage and the method lineage is basically there is a uh, practice like a Nagarjuna, you know, he's one of the wisdom lineage because his emphasis he put so strong into the understanding of the nature of reality. So that becomes kind of like a wisdom. Then like a <coughs> uh, like a Shantideva, you know, he have like lots of you know, his in uh, knowledge was input into the method in the Bodhisattva's way of life, loving kindness, compassion, practicing paramitas and patience. So he is considered as a like a method lineage. So when Tsongkhapa when he make a homage in basically kind of like a <coughs> uh, acknowledging and honoring in those masters who have invested their knowledge into those two practice. Okay, so basically he did that one, and which have a <coughs> so so when I looked at into his homage, he really went through details, you know, kind of like the main point of the lineage from the India. But of course, Tsongkhapa he himself have a you know lineage received within the Tibetan masters, but he did not necessarily mention one of the, any of the Tibetan masters. <laughs> I don't know. Be, maybe he thought it become too long list. <laughs> so it's okay. That's that's enough. So basically, uh, 
he put one verse, which is kind of only one verse, which is concluded, included entire the Tibetan and the and the and the Indian masters, I think. But the, with, when it goes to the Indian master, he goes like kind of the key points, the wisdom language and the method language. Then particularly, he really highlights called Lama Adisha, who is one of the um, uh, masters from India who came to Tibet. Okay. And it's kind of there's like a when the emperors during that time, uh, the <coughs> uh, they put lots of emphasis into the knowledge, uh, spiritual knowledge. They put I, I think the all the country's budget they put into that. That time the the money, all the money is gold. <laughs> They, they, didn't, they didn't try to make a weapon. <laughs> they put all the, the budget into the gold, and they sent those gold in India. And uh, there's lots of this story they, the, 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 the person, the emperor sent to India. And then, you know, on the way, you know, they, they meet in robbery, and the robbery took all the golds, and they, they caught in ransom, and there's all the complications. But, but overall, the emphasis is kind of like... A, uh, you know, emperors need to take care of the, the country. And they didn't invest immediately. Okay, now we have to have a, make a bone and arrows. And <laughs> they invested into the, okay, you know, they are quite wild. The Tibetans are quite wild. Okay, how, I'm, how are we going to, how, how are we going to subdue these? <laughs> and, you know, not through like a punishment or, uh, he thought maybe let's invest, you know, this knowledge from India those great teachings. So, uh, when I looked at it, uh, the, it looks like the emperor put all the budget in, put into the gold <laughs> and sent <laughs> to India. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, that way of thinking, I think, is really good that, uh, you know, the, the spiritual path, the understanding, the mind, may be the best uh, G GPT growth into the country. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, <clears throat> I heard like 18th century or 7th century, there's a one uh, missionary you know, came through China to Tibet. And the missionary came to Tibet, and uh, he really wants to, you know, of course, he wants to convert. But he was amazed, you know, this kind of very remote, kind of like, uh, in some way, his observation in Tibet, he saw like so backwards. In one way, he saw really backwards. One way, he saw they, are, they have like very sophisticated philosophical thinking. And this sophisticated philosophical thinking is the really hindrance for his to convert, con 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 convert, converting. <laughs> and he also really liked it. Oh, there's lots of expression of a compassion, you know, that he really kind of amazed with that. He was really amazed with the sophisticated philosophical discussion that also he kind of like amazed about that. But then he also see really backwards in some way behaviors. So now he thought, okay, the best strategy to convert these people <laughs> in, in Tibet will be concept of a shunya, uh, you know, emptiness. So this he needs to really to negate this idea of a nature of reality. So I think he, I heard he, he did wrote, write in Latin some way to argue this concept. And I think he's, he's, he's writing in the in Vatican Library and there's some scholars who wants to translate, to bring back. <laughs> anyway, this is a... <clears throat> so, so anyway, uh, this Lama Atisha, you know, the emperor put quite a lot of budget to bringing him back to Tibet. <laughs> so, so he, and uh, there's, a, there's a, you know, like, so, so this, this teacher from India came to Tibet and, uh, you know, 
so the, the Tibetan, during that time, the emperor, the ruler, uh, in the, the first request for, made for him is like, can you teach something that can be beneficial and can be transformed these wild people? <laughs> he didn't ask, like, Pacific, can you give me some kind of Pacific, you know, CDs or empowerments or something like very like a personal. He didn't personalize anything, and he really kind of expresses uh, this kind of like a very um, you know bigger picture. And then uh, that that request, he was really amazed. This Indian master, he felt really he is in the right place. He's in the right person. He's in the right because it is usually okay. There's a, this great master comes and there's a, this great and there's something kind of a personal needs kind of expressed it. And here's you know he didn't express any of the things kind of like much more looking for the bigger picture. <coughs> uh, so this teacher have been kind of kind of Tibet and during that time I think is becoming a little bit kind of like a. Is is going his own kind of like a challenge, um, because when this Lamaitisha, Lamaitisha, which time? Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Eleventh century. Eleventh century. Okay. So during that time, Buddhism is already came into Tibet. You know, from the seventh centuries already is there, but again, Tibetans are going through some kind of like a taking. I would say like there is a challenge. You know, Buddhism is not native religion, but it brought lots of benefit, but also same time brought some kind of challenge <laughs> within the in the, in the Tibet. So, uh, so during that time, I mean, like uh, <clears throat> you know, this teacher when he came. He kind of like a restore kind of clarification because the you know sutra teaching and the tantra teaching there's a lots of kind of like a, in the surface they looks like a contradicting each other and but and then there's all this kind of like a confused you know kind of like a little bit Tibetans went through you know kind of like a challenge you know although uh, so bringing this teacher. And it kind of like a re kind of like an understanding what is the really behind, not depending for the person, depending for the teaching, and not depending for the teachings, the word, depending for the really kind of like the meaning, and going more further, kind of like they went beyond the surface, you know, that kind of like encouragement. And uh, that's really kind of like this teacher, when Namadishan came, is able to kind of like, there's a trauma, there's a challenge, but it is kind of like gain some uh, wisdom and understanding through this uh, difficulty, particularly kindness of the, this great teacher. So, uh, so, <clears throat> so therefore, you know, there's a, there's a tremendous appreciation within the uh, whole Tibetan language for this master called Lama Adisha. Okay. Okay. So he kind of like a clearly in and so some some of the Lama in particularly in the Lama Chemo Lama Lama Tsongkhapa, You know he kind of you know basically in one of the, his writing he said he he didn't take a credit of writing the Lama Chemo. He, he kind of like a, this credit goes to him this teacher. He just kind of like elaborated, but he kind of took his own Lama Hatisha's format, which the text called Lamp of the Path, Lamdun. Okay. Okay. Uh, then also, Gavisonatan, 
composing, he first established the subject. What is the subject? What is the subject? Uh, he neither say emptiness or he neither say compassion. And the first thing, he, he, what he's going to describe is there's a there's a little bit lot. Okay, give us some attention. He wants to Tsongkhapa wants to kind of lamrim chemo when he's trying to. He wants to really trying to, you know, give us some means there's so many teachings about Buddha, and uh, there's so many Indian commentaries. You know, it says from. Uh, so he really he don't want to pick one specific things. He wants to really to understand holistically entire teachings of the Buddha. You know, <clears throat> so so he wants to kind of effort is not one specific effort is to really to understand holistic, holistically entire, and then putting into the essence point. But. The way we're doing that, he wants to really follow Nagarjuna and the Asanga. You know, Nagarjuna is the, one of the great uh, pioneers in India. You know, sometimes they say he's the one of the most who put the movement of a Bodhisattva in the movement. Uh, you know, it have a very uh, mystical stories around there. You know, Nagarjuna. You know, there's a <coughs> Parjana Paramita Sutra. He he kind of brought from the Nagas world. And there's a lot of beautiful stories. <coughs> but anyway, uh, Tsongkhapa, he wants to bring the holistic view or entire essence of a teaching following the Nagarjuna's footstep and Asanga. You know, one of the Asanga put tremendous his literature into the how to cultivate loving kindness and compassion and method elements of a practice. So he wants to really follow these two, you know, great Indian master. You know, Nagarjuna is much more into, uh, uh, you know, in the Nalandas and so on and so forth. And uh, Asanga, I think he's much more into like Pakistan and Afghanistan, that area. You know, he's a, you know, kind of natively from that area. You know, Buddhism is very flourish in that area also. So he's from that area. So, <coughs> um, so he wants to follow. He wants to summarize or bringing the essence of entire Buddha's teaching, following the footsteps of the Nagarjuna and the Asanga's approach. Okay, and. Uh, <coughs> Then he wants to kind of lay out these whole teachings, how they can become the steps or the path. Number Tamji can be system, how to become this whole teaching into the laying the map or the system to individual to achieving or awakening the enlightened state of our mind. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, then the another one is that he wants to kind of like kibusum is a basically small scope and a medium scope and a great scope. You know, this is a basically this kind of like a. Um, <coughs> You know, small scope, medium scope, great scope. Basically, what this is a this kind of like a category is a defined through mindset. Individual have a mindset of a small scope, mindset of a medium scope, mindset of a great scope. What that really means, mindset. The mindset is a basically from the Lumbering point of view, if priority of our life becomes just to survive now and here in this life for, I don't know, we will live 80 years or 90 years or 75 or if the priority of life becomes into this and they say like, well, you are never fall into the neither category, the small scope, medium scope or great scope. So 
the mindset is a thinking beyond. The priority is beyond. It's not just like today or something for 20 years or something. So this is the way it kind of like, a, the standards are a little bit higher. <laughs> so, so the small scope is like individual really think based on the and a capability of a mind. It's not necessarily categorizing this life or next life or next life. Or not necessarily in it, necessarily think about that. But basically, mindset is a base. The the <clears throat> you know, like when I say this life. Let me put like when when Einstein's thinking about relativity, general relativity, or whatever, you know, like specific relativity. I think this, he's thinking beyond this life. He's not necessarily saying a future life, but he's thinking beyond this life. So, you know, something not consumed by just surface materialist world can be categorized thinking beyond this life. Once we caught into the totally into the very materialistic, then from the Lambrin point of view, is not considered as a, in one of the, these scopes. So it's not necessarily my point of view, you have to think, okay, immediately future life. I need to think something like existence of a future life. And this have its own kind of like, a, there is a practitioner's, in Lambrin is, of course Lambrin is a totally and during that time, the audience is really believing is in a future life and so on and so forth. There is that emphasis, but I think, you know, basically, non-materialistic is the much more. I mean, it's not necessarily you have to think something existence immediately. There will be definitely future life, even you're not necessarily believing existence of future life, but still you can think beyond this life. So possibility is there. Okay, so. So, so this uh, small scope and a medium scope and a gr great scope, what Lama Tsongkhapa in the Lamrim, what he wants to do is really kind of like a put in the essence the, you know, how we can transform from small scope mindset to medium scope mindset to great scope of mindset. Basically, somebody, you know, you know in even our, our day to daily life, you say somebody who thinks beyond the box, you know, our own how do you say? Think outside the box. Yes, that person is interesting. <laughs> that person is challenging. <laughs> so basically, yes, the small scope, medium scope, there's a different box. And this is basically somebody who thinks beyond that box and really brings a different flavor different perspective, okay? Okay. <clears throat> um, so, this is the subject. So, subject is, uh, in a way, you know, he put kind of like a long list. He wants to really cover the essence of entire teaching, following the footsteps of a two great chariot, we call chariot, but basically, uh, from philosophical point of view, mind-only school and Madhimika school, so therefore is a Nagarjuna in Asanga. And then he wants to put that into really focusing into awakening the enlightened state of a mind. And the detailed work done through the three scope, great and medium, small scope, medium scope, great scope. So kind of like a layouting the plan, layouting the subject, how you want to dis describe, okay? So that's the kind of like the Kangshevarchevi Shusos. Tela nalinde keban namne lumingi ngataba, lumingi gyutaba, shiji chutaba da tawasum yukuni shevarches. Tüdi birkamala shila temba tebe tüdi keban namgi zu zomba bücheba, chugi cheba, uh, so, 
Now, okay, if I'm going to do this, so as he mentioned, so how, which kind of system exists? You know, composing or writing. There's a two system, Nalanda Nalanda tradition way of a system, and Bikamalashila uh, where Lama Atisha came. There's another school, I think, the eastern part of India. Uh, that's uh, <coughs> uh, so. Uh, so basically, there's a in Nalanda tradition. Basically, there's a three criteria. You can have a really good intention and you're very knowledgeable, but if you don't find the right audience, you didn't find the right audience. Usually, you, you know, like you, you have a plenty thing to say, very interesting things to say, but there is a genuine heart and listener doesn't exist. It's not supposed to, it, it didn't really complete the criteria to writing that book. Okay, so the number one, of course, it says "nakhtakpa." Uh, the over here means some kind of like a, some kind of purity. That purity includes behavior of the intention, and the behavior of the post intention when you're composing. So basically, what that means is a. Uh, Uh, so, uh, so that directly it's saying like ngak means speech, and basically composing is kind of part of like the words and the speech. So, so that pure speech comes through pure intention and pure post intention. Post intention basically what that means. In the basically, it is a. There's no reaction. <laughs> Basically, sometimes you compose something, and uh, I know there's one professor. He did his dissertation. Everybody says he's really good, but he's so scared to publish. <laughs> he's, he's so scared for criticism, you know. And he he claims that he wants to be a perfect professionalism. But I think there's lots of fear <laughs> that somebody says, "No, this is what is this?" So, so the post-pure intention, what that means is basically you are willing to listen, you are patient for criticism, and patient in terms you listen. You know, you are willing to take. You're willing to take it not because of no choice, not based on a no choice, but based on a choice, making choice for criticism and willingness. So, so one of the quality of a living in Akhtaba is there's a, of course, there is a kind of kind of like a put a full effort, okay, through intention, through the action. And through the dedication, you know, so there's that kind of living in Akhtaba. And then Lomi Gyutapa, Lomi Gyutapa, I mean, like, a, you know, usually any kind of a text you compose, there's a target audience. You know, not all the audience will going to become kind of purity, you know, not becomes kind of like a perfect, uh, you know, kind of audience. So there's a you individual have to have a specific target audience. In, in terms of target audience, in terms of over here, require lomigyutapa. Lomigyutapa is like basically, I, again, there is a sense of uh, focus of the audience is much more deeper. The focus of the audience is not for the person. The focus of the audience is not for the the just the word. The focus of the audience is not just for the just for the meaning. Even the meaning need to be understood through kind of like a clear state of a mind. The focus of the audience goes much more deeper, you know, uh, not based on a popular author. <laughs> In a focus, of the audience is kind of like a 
much more subtle. So anyway, the demand or the suggestion over here to composing, you kind of having from our own individual having loving in Ahtaba, Lomi Gyutaba. Okay? And then Sheji Chutaba. Takba, takba means kind of there is some kind of a sense of a uh, pure and clarity. Okay. That's kind of like a uh, in the one of the Nalanda traditions kind of demands you know, like at least you having these three criteria to be able to compose any kind of text or trying to teach any kind of text. So now in the Brigamalashila <coughs> Again, kind of like a three criteria. The first, some, uh, the credential of the author. Credential of the author. Uh, it's kind of like a, I'm using very conventional terminology, credential and so on. So, but of course, this credential is a, a much more spiritual credential. <laughs> Uh, uh, spiritual credential is basically something that, uh, by audience, by the by the people, have a witness some level of a spiritual realization. Okay, so Zumbabwechawa is is a basically uh, is a Okay, some of which that's that's uh, again. We human start the beginning. Our attention start with a person, messenger, not the message. <laughs> then we need to grow that journey slowly, kind of dropping the messenger and the pay attention for the message. Then slowly, not just pay attention to the word of the message, then dropping the word, and that you know it's just a gradual journey. You know, it's kind of like a progressing. So, so here, you know, somehow, as a, how our disposition, you know, kind of to have the listening for the messenger, you know, first, which kind of person, you know, is is it is pleasant to be around him in the first place <laughs> before listening anything. <laughs> it is like a very kind of tense and uncomfortable or annoying. <laughs> you know, so, so there is this kind of like a the greatness of the author. You know, that's kind of like another, you know, there's need to be expressed. And then the subject, the, the Dharma itself, the greatness of the Dharma itself. And the third becomes like, in a third becomes like how how we listen, how we listen. The listening is so difficult. It, the problem with the listening exists since we human exist. Maybe, <laughs> you know, you know, we want to tell, we don't want to listen. <laughs> so here's a here's a separately outline how to listen. <laughs> uh, Yeah. <coughs> okay. Shijing Yimbe Nin Susum Chitter Shijing Yimbe Susum Wundu Kachawa Suni Chumatabi Dirichimatachawa. So uh, I think Tsongkapa uh, he wants to follow not the Naland approach, the Birkamalashil approach. You know, he wants to follow that. Chukunsumbe Okay, so uh, so now this is a, uh, so he's he'll follow the Birkamalashila tradition. So first he need to express the the greatness of the composer. So now okay, it looks like he uh, he's going to talk about greatness of Lama Tsongkhapa himself. <laughs> That's a good marketing strategy. <laughs> 
<laughs> it sounds like a going that direction, but uh, um, he basically he's kind of saying, uh, so he's really kind of like a the the composer of Balamrim Chemo, this text, he's really not taking any credit. He's really giving credit to Lama Adisha. He said, no, I'm not the composer. He said, that when I, I, I like to talk of the greatness of the composer, that's not me. <laughs> we are thinking, oh, oh, hey, he's going. <laughs> but he's, he, to just to cut that the next sentence, he said, okay, this is the Lama Adisha. So the interesting thing, he mentioned two, ta- two texts. You know, one is the Mitreya's uh, ornament of realization called Omartavigin. And uh, then he called Lamaitisha's Lamp of the Pelt. And then next sentence he said, I want to talk of the greatness of the composer is the Lamaitisha. He's the composer. I'm the, not the composer. So, so now over here, If, you, if we look at the whole picture of a Bodhisattva practice and a Mahayana practice, and of course you need to you know, root it into the Buddha's teaching in the Prajna Paramita Sutra. If it's not rooted into the Buddha's teaching in Prajna Paramita Sutra, then yes, maybe we can say this is a Nagarjuna's idea. <laughs> he wants to he wants to bring some new flavor in the Buddha's teaching, so he brought that. So it's very important to get into the rooted into the Buddha's teaching, so Prajna Paramita Sutra. So Prajna Paramita Sutra it is a I mean like the shortest version we just recited the Heart Sutra, but usually traditionally because of Gending Dusum, Yum Gending Dusum, Gapa, intensive ding, medium, duba the summary. And the, the, the Duba, the summary have 8,000 called this 8,000 Panjana Paramita Sutra. Niti, the medium ones, is 20,000 Panjana Paramita Sutra. Then the Boom, which is called the 100,000 Panjana Paramita Sutra. So, so the, the first, the 8,000 versus the Panjana Paramita Sutra is one volume. It's just one volume. It's quite a, this thick in one volume. Then the Niti, the 20,000. Parjana Paramita Sutra, you have three volumes. It's kind of thick, thick, three volumes. Then the 100,000 Parjana Paramita Sutra is have a 12 volume in a Tibetan, Tibetan st- style, okay? That's folio, kind of long one. You can, uh, I, and I don't know where's the Kangyur and where's the Tengyur, but one is somewhere there. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, now, as I'm saying this, Mitreya's ornament of realization, this text. Uh, this text becomes kind of like the password, the key to understanding Mayana path. To, through the ornament of realization, this text is really trying to p- pull out through Prajna Paramita Sutra. Through Prajna Paramita Sutra, this whole Bodhisattva path. Okay? So, uh, and then in India, in the Nalanda, I think in there's uh, so many great masters. You know, this is the one of the high-end topic, high-end high topic, I don't know how to say it, that basically everybody wants to talk about it. This text is like everybody wants to, you know, all the the learned wants to jump and you know, kind of trying to, you know, understand and give. So there's a very, very, pop, because the Mayana tradition became kind of like a very passion in it during that time in the internet. So everybody's really trying to understand, trying to practice, and trying to really jump in much more deeper, going to the root. And this text becomes a really, the ornament of realization is this called, like, it have an eight chapter. It is uh, not that long, you know, it's kind of eight chapter. If you look at it under the surface, this chapter this becomes like a, usually in the Western uh, world, in particularly in the Western academic world, this becomes a really boring chapter. <laughs> it's interesting. In India, it's become really so much everywhere. 
and uh, in in the Western academic world, you know, everybody wants to, you know, in a PhD dissertation, I want to go deeper. Uh, there's some scholars attempt doing this, but they didn't get good <laughs> feedback. But anyway, I think uh, there's lots of madhimika or mind-only school, and there's a lots of scholars jump and really kind of passionate. It's really great, but. This was uh, one of the, you know, like that kind of subject in India. <clears throat> I understand why in a today's academic field it can be boring because on the surface when you look at it, it becomes a bunch of lists, so many categories, so many categories, so it may become kind of a boring, but it needs to come with a different way of presenting. You know, it, this is the really the kind of like the main resource of the Mayana path, Bodhisattva path. Usually we say six parameter. Uh, Bodhisattva is six parameter. <laughs> it's kind of like a, from the least point of view, it's only have a six. In a, in a general, in a Buddhism, eight full full path, Pagulamini, it's ever more least. <laughs> but uh, this is the kind of like the, uh, you know, kind of going back. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Lamdun, Lama Atisha, the lamp of the path, this is quite popular even today in the academic world and in, in the practice, practitioner's world. This text is kind of like a live. But the ornament of realization is, is not able to pick it up. <laughs> it's kind of like the Jeffrey Hawking, he did lots of work and do the translate and the terminology. All the terminology in the Jeffrey style is he wants to be much more authentic. So the, all the terminology which he made kind of sounds strange. <laughs> People say, what that is? <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think uh, in the Bodhisattva tradition to really to flourish into the particularly in the West, we have to come different way to bite on the of realization. <laughs> you know, we have to find different bite. I don't know what that bite looks like, but anyway, <laughs> you, have to, you have to get the juice of the on the of realization from different <laughs> different wisdom fangs. <laughs> you have to bite that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Salam is kind of subtract from that, uh, that from this ornament of realization. It is a subtract. Uh, usually, what we call, usually, they call like a seventy topic. You know, the word is seventy topic. Uh, seventy topic. You know, it's when you just look at on the surface, so many lists. That makes you know some kind of like. A, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, and I, there is a great master in early time. You know, to understand Lamrim much more in a different layer, he felt the ornament of realization. It have a fourth chapter. The fourth chapter is. Uh, uh, I heard this expression. He said, like fourth chapter. If you're really looking from the lens of a fourth chapter looking into the Lamrim, he says that you see different way of a Lamrim practice, Bodhisattva in the practice, different lens, landscape. So, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, in a way, you know, like on a minimum realization, if I kind of like, a, one of my kind of like a intention that catch for me, uh, you know, basically, the structure, Four Noble Truths structure stayed there. You know, it's like a, in the first chapter, it have a different way of presenting Four Noble Truth. Second chapter, it have a different way of presenting Four Noble Truth. And particularly when it comes to the fourth chapter, it becomes a different way of presenting the Four Noble Truth, Four Noble Truth and Sixteen Aspect, you know, like this whole way to look at into the Four Noble Truth. So it's basically, it, it really kind of dig more deeper. <coughs> You know, of course, uh, so in overall spiritual practitioners, you know, I feel there is a, some kind of like, a, um, of course it is an individual journey and yes, I need to take care of my distraction and I need to take care of my concentration. Uh, 
but there is a, in a journey, it's not all about, you know, it's me, me, me. You know, the concentration can become also like a me, me, me. <laughs> Meditation can become also a me, 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 you know. So, in a journey, of course, these are one of the, need to, we need to pay attention, but is a kind of the lineage, the, the, the taking a refuge into uh, the lineage and taking a refuge into the Sangha and taking refuge into the Dharma and taking refuge into the Buddha. I think this is in a very, otherwise it becomes a very depressive and a stressful journey. Yes, I want to, we can take a, like a mindfulness meditation, but it can be like so much me, 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 then again, what's the point? Uh, so, based on the taking a refuge in the Buddha, and based on taking a refuge in Sangha, there's a, there is warmth, but there's not kind of like a heavy, dark, and difficulty. So, you know, so overall what we see, you know, these kind of like early practitioners in the teaching, you see, of course, everybody have a challenge, but there's not sense of feeling of darkness, because it is lighted by inspiration and a devotion. And so, Sometimes we say, oh, I need to focus, I need to do my mindfulness. And it becomes kind of heavy mindfulness practice. And if we have a heavy mindfulness practice, then again it becomes one step forward, two step backwards. So, so there is this kind of like, a, it have to have a, that kind of warmth from the... That warmth comes from getting out from just focusing on the me, you know, there's a kind of the lineage, there's the Sangha, there's the Dharma, there's this whole thing. So I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, basically, you know, we are reading all these things, uh, the message what we should get is we are not alone and, and, you know, like we can open up and, you know, kind of, yes, journey is difficult, but we can still laugh. <laughs> Have some fun. <laughs>